0: Well, grab your seat. We are thrilled you are here tonight. And we're in our third week going through our Advent series, looking at these early stories in the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of Matthew, where it tells of the Christ child being born. So if you have your Bibles tonight, you can turn to Luke chapter 1. If you don't have your Bible, it's on the screen, so no worries. We've got you covered. So, what I'll do is I'll read uh, this text here, 10 verses. And then I'll pray and we'll jump in. And this is a story of Mary after the angel Gabriel has come to her to say, You are going to have the Christ child. So, hear the word of the Lord out of Luke chapter 1, 46 through 56. It says, And Mary said, and I really don't like this translation, so I'm going to give you the Daniel Grothy translation. It's, <laughs> it's, it's And Mary sang. This is her song. So hear this as a song, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. Can you hear the lyrics here? Can you hear her singing this? For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. And he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. Our God is strong. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. And he has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. But those who think they don't need God, they're too rich to need God, he has sent them away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And Mary stayed with her cousin Elizabeth for about three months, and then she returned home. This is the word of the Lord and all God's people said, thanks be to God, let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would cause your word to live among us tonight. From the very beginning of scripture, When you speak, when you say something, when you engage, when you bring your thoughts to bear on the world, everything changes. So Lord, I pray that this would not be a a cute little talk from Daniel Grothy. I pray I must decrease, that you might increase. We pray that the spirit of the living Lord Jesus would race through this place. We pray that you would lift us up, that you would heal us, that you would touch us, that you would make us your people, and we pray that you would make us one in a divided world. So we pray, Lord, have your way here tonight. I give you permission to surprise us with healing, that you would restore people in their mind, that you would provide for people who are in in lack and in need. Lord, I pray that you would bring us into your peace. We pray these things tonight. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Advent is a time where we're longing for Jesus. It's this church calendar moment, building to Christmas. Advent is not Christmas. Advent is this moment where we're building to Christmas, saying we need Jesus Christ, as Seth said it earlier, to be born anew in our world and to be born anew in our hearts. We ache, we anticipate, we long, and we sing, long lay the world in sin and error, pining and stretching forth, waiting for God till he appeared and the soul felt it's worth. Advent is this time where we're saying, God, would you come and save us? And in these Advent early gospel stories in Luke and in Matthew, there are songs everywhere. There's four songs that I'll point out to you tonight. We just read the song of Mary. There's the song of Zechariah, the priest whose wife Elizabeth in her old age, because of the mercy of God, is able to conceive. There's the song of the angels out with the shepherds in the fields. And then there's the song of the old man Simeon in the temple when he sees the little eight-day-old baby Jesus. There are songs everywhere. and Mary's song, she's saying, I've got nothing and I'm in a tight spot. And while I don't see anything that would lead me to believe that things are going to work out, I sing because something is stirring on the inside of me and something is happening. Salvation is breaking out. Mary sings... And the story changes, Zechariah sings, and the hopelessness of infertility and the accompanying shame that he and Elizabeth had lived in must finally be rolled away. New life is coming. John the Baptist is born, and they sing because of God's goodness. The angels sing glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men and women on whom his favor rests. God is sending his son, and the story's going to change. And Simeon, the old man, here at the end of my life and right at the last moment, God breaks in and God has seen me and I can enter my rest now. I can die in peace because mine eyes have seen the salvation of our God. Songs everywhere in these early gospel stories. Why songs? I mean, what do we do when we're happy? We we sing, Lisa, right under your coat there, would you hand me that white microphone? This morning at 6 a.m. I wanna show you what the growthy house was like. You weren't singing a solo. No, you weren't. Lisa and I are just kinda waking up and and Wakely is out in the kitchen on his hoverboard. (laughs) Dressed for school, last day of school, and he's going, Mary, did you know that it's Christmas break? hoverboarding around our kitchen. Mary, did you know that this is my last day of school and I've got a spelling test and then I'm going to shut it down for three weeks because I hate school. Mary, did you know? With his echoing microphone. And our, it's just strange. Is your house as strange as ours? I need some comfort here tonight that we aren't the only ones. What do we do when we're happy? We sing, we, we, we just light up a room with a song. A friend of mine here in the room tonight has played college and NFL, five years in the NFL, played on some of the greatest teams in the last 15 years, both college and NFL, just a monster. And and success at every level, and played for the Patriots, and I mean like Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, the whole deal. And and what do you do when you win a championship? You go, "We are the champions." Exactly. You don't sit around and go, "That was kind of fun," that like (laughs) pretty pretty decent event here tonight with eighty five thousand people that we spent two thousand dollars for these. It was. You know, to, you know, you like rip your shirt off and yell with total strangers. We are the champions. We're so, what, there's something happens when you're happy. You, you burst forth with song from the depths of your being. What do we do when we're stuck? We sing. A couple weeks ago, it was an early, another early morning. I'm sure Wakely was on his hoverboard doing his thing. We're trying to get the kids packed for school, lunches, the whole deal. We're studying for spelling tests. Everyone's frustrated. Everyone's anxious. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! They're running, and, and, you know, and and everyone is just so tangled up in knots. And Lisa starts going, "This is the day. This is the day that the." She, she and it broke the stalemate in our house. Our kids finally started laughing, and like. We like love each other again. And we needed her to do that with her very average voice to make our house happy again. I'm, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. You got a great personality. I think you're awesome. <laughs> she ain't singing any solos though, I promise you. <sighs> Anyone got a couch tonight? Thank you, bro. I see you. What do we do when we're stuck? We sing. Like it's, there's something that loosens up, something breaks open. As funny as all that is, what do we do when we're scared? What do we do when life falls apart? What do we do when the dark clouds of despair and heaviness and fear and confusion and heartbreak roll in and the sun is not shining anymore? What do we do? We, we sing, think about slaves in America for 400 years. They didn't do this. They didn't deserve this. They were minding their own business, boom. They end up on our shores, and what do they sing out in the fields as they're picking cotton? They sing, we shall overcome. We shall overcome, and we shall overcome someday, and they sang to keep themselves alive. They sang to keep their communities going. Swing low, sweet chariot, please, coming for to carry me home. Get me out of here, God. Swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. This story is not the final story. And God, would you come from your heavenly home and would you rescue us and take us to the heavenly kingdom? Get us out of this mess. God have mercy. They would sing, there is a balm in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Sometimes I feel discouraged and deep I feel the pain. In prayers, the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. Whipped and beaten and battered and bloodied, sun-scorched bodies out under the dome of creation. There is a balm, there is a balm, balm, like a healing oil, we're scorched, our lives are broken, we've been whipped on the back, and we've got these open sores and blood that's dried on our bodies, and they're, they're singing about the oil of the spirit that one day will heal all of their wounds and heal their broken hearts, and they sang to keep themselves alive, and I think Mary sang to keep herself alive patriarchal society on the fringes. She has no power, she has no voice, she has no agency. She would not have even have been able to been a witness in court. Had she witnessed, eyewitness to a murder, they would not take the, the word of a woman because a woman is not trustworthy. But somehow God thinks that a woman is trustworthy to carry the savior of the world in her womb. And God moves in and says, I know what you're living in, girl. And I got salvation coming to you and coming through you. And I imagine her singing, there is a balm in Gilead. What do we do when life falls apart? We, We sing. The ancient rabbis, they understood this. We read Genesis chapter one, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and now the earth was formless and void and darkness hovered over the face of the deep and the spirit of God like a mother hen was brooding over the primordial waters. And we say, and God said. The ancient rabbis loved to play with the text and they said, and God sang, let there be light. And there was light. What do we do when life falls apart, what do we do when chaos descends? What do we do to keep ourselves going, we sing? And I'll say that songs are a human's last defense against despair. Think about this. Your life is collapsing, it's folding in, it's, it's all falling apart and there's no, there's no outward energy, it's the, it's the inward collapse and what, when we sing, what we're doing is we're fighting one last time upward. I will not be silenced. I will not go down without a fight. I will not be muted by the the forces of despair and by the circumstances of our world. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. And it looks like every, it makes no sense to me on paper right now. And all of the circumstances around me would tell me the opposite. But there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. A song is a human being's last defense against despair. I can say it this way. If you have a song, you have a future. If you have a song, you have a future. A future. I want you to also see A song can also help us reclaim our childlike past. If you have a song, you have a future. It's it's your last defense against despair. It's the way we keep moving forward. Even though we can't see where salvation's gonna come from, we sing our way into that glorious future. It, It is about the future, but a song is also a great way to reclaim our childlike past. I haven't done this but maybe one time in my my history as a preacher. But I wanna show you a short video clip. I want to show you uh, a story. There's a a group of neuropsychologists and scientists who have been doing a long study on Alzheimer's patients. People who have lost their faculties and they've lost their memory and and they're sitting in nursing homes and, and elder care facilities all around our communities and they're sitting there quietly, and these neuroscientists have been studying the human brain and the power of a song to help reawaken and reengage the memory. So what I want to do is I want you to meet this man of God, Henry, and I want you to see how a song can help us reclaim our childlike past. Watch this video with me.
1: His name is Henry Dreyer. Uh-huh. And... I'm looking more or less for religious music for him because okay. he enjoys music and he always called in the Bible, so I'd rather have that for him.
2: We first see Henry inert, maybe depressed, unresponsive, and almost unalive.
1: Henry. Yeah. Henry. Yes, sir. I found your music. Uh, well, you, want, you want your music now? Well,
3: let me, you want
1: me. Okay, nice. Let's try your music, okay? And
2: then you tell me if it's too loud or not. Then he is given an iPod containing, we know, his favorite music.
1: And immediately
2: he he lights up. His face assumes expression. His eyes open wide. He uh, he starts to... um, to sing and to rock and to move his arms, and he's being animated by the music.
1: And he used to always sit on the unit with his head like this. He didn't really talk to much people. And then when I introduced the music to him, this is his his reaction every since. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the philosopher Kant once called music the quickening art and Henry is being quickened. He's being brought to life. Yeah.
1: I'm going to take the music for one second, okay? Just oh. to ask you a few questions. Okay? You. I'm going to give it back to you.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. The effect of this doesn't stop, because when the, uh, the, the headphones are taken off, uh, Henry normally mute and virtually unable to answer the simplest yes or no questions is quite voluble.
3: Henry. Yeah? Um. Do you like the iPod? Do you like the music you're hearing? Yes. Tell me about your music. Well, I don't, I don't, don't I don't have one, I mean. Uh, uh, do you like music? Yeah, I'm crazy about music. You play beautiful music, beautiful sound. Did beautiful. You, did you play music when you were, uh, were you, did you like music when you were young? Yes, yes, I went to big dances and things. What was your favorite music when you were young? Uh, well, uh, I guess uh, well, Cab Calloway was my number one band guy. I like the little holly, the holy, the hilly, the holiday. the molly, the holly, the holly. The, uh, what was your favorite favorite Cab Calloway song? Oh, I'll be home there for Christmas. Oh, you. Planned on me with plenty of snow around tree ow. so
2: in some sense henry is restored to himself he has uh, uh, remembered uh, who he is and uh, he's he's reacquired his, his identity for a while through the power of music
3: what, what does music do, do to you? Give me the feeling of love. No, no man. Figure right now, the world needs to come into music, singing. You got beautiful music here. Beautiful, oh, lovely. And uh, I feel the band of love, dream. The Lord came to me, made me holy. I'm a holy man. So, He gave me this sound. Uh, they say, I'll say, i meet you. Rosalie, won't you love me? Rosalie, won't you be sweet?
0: A song, a story that gets buried in our souls. That even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, somehow we fear no evil, why? Because he is with us and that song leads us forward. It's, it's a human being's last defense against despair and you see in this video that it, it re-childlikes him. He's sitting there, he, 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 has, he has nothing to say, he, no, nothing firing in his mind and then the music plays and he, he becomes a new being, a new man. He's taken back to Cab Calloway out at the dances on Friday nights, and he he feels love. And there's something about a song. And in this sin sick world, the world we live in has a way of beating the life out of us (laughs) the busyness, the competition, the fear broken relationships. Will our children be okay? The diagnosis that we never expected, the hospital room we never wanted to live in for three months, the funeral we never wanted to attend. Life has a way of catching up with us, and the devil has a way of working to steal and kill and destroy. And so many of us have experienced incalculable loss this year, searing pain and uh, Some of you are carrying heartbreaking traumas over the last five years that you never expected to happen to you. We're all Henry, in in a way, sitting stunned. Having forgotten where we come from, having forgotten our story, having forgotten our childlikeness, having lost our innocence, the enemy comes to beat the innocence out of us because if he can harden our hearts, he knows that he has won. And in this story, in this video, we see a man who's brought back to life through the power of a song. I want to suggest to you these are the moments where we seem to have lost all of our good memories and a temporary amnesia begins to take us over and we don't remember who we are and we're frozen in the eternal now of our worst nightmares. And I remember, I remember 15 years ago, difficulty here at New Life. Young pastor, some of you know this story and you live this story, so just walk these old trails with me. Some of you, this will be a new story, but Lisa and I had been here two years and we lose our senior pastor to a, a scandal, a heartbreaking scandal. And our church was devastated and uh, tipped on our ear, living in disequilibrium and on the front page of every newspaper. It was just a heartbreaking very dark season and we discovered in that time we were $26 million in debt as a church. Insult to injury, meanwhile there's a global economic recession that's crashing ashore. And and so we're 26 million in debt. We've lost our senior pastor. People have left the church. And now there's this global recession and people are losing their jobs. And we had to fire 44 staff members overnight, which was absolutely heartbreaking. So we lose our senior pastor. And now we're having to lose our friends and we didn't want to. And finally, Pastor Brady comes 10 months later and He's starting to help restore trust in our our church, in our congregation, and we're starting to feel the wind of the Spirit shift toward our back to carry us forward into the new future that God has for us. And we started to smile again, and we started to to laugh again, and we started to maybe think that God might just be able to redeem this story. And on Pastor Brady's 100th day in the office, it's a Sunday morning, Dr. Jack Hayford, the legend, is here preaching, and it's a great Sunday morning, and... There's a little bit of snow on the ground, and at one o'clock, people were in the children's hallway out there. One o'clock, people are starting to leave by the hundreds, and all of a sudden, I'm standing down at the end of that hallway, right there at the top of the steps, and I hear the very worst sound. And some of you were there—the very worst sound you could ever imagine, which is ba 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 ba. Someone comes on the campus with an AR-15 and a thousand rounds of ammunition, and is spraying bullets everywhere. He killed teenage girls, sisters in the parking lot, Rachel and Stephanie Works. 16 and 18 years old, and comes in our building and is shooting straight down the hallway here. Security guard stops him right here outside this door and he takes his own life right there. And we just, we thought we had already hit the bottom, like the bottom, bottom. And now we've got this going on. Alan Dickey, you remember these days. You, you stood faithfully and prayed. I'm looking all across the room, the papes and so many others who, who weathered that storm with us and, and I, honestly, after two traumas like that in 13 months, I would love to say I was this strong man of faith and I just knew that it, everything was gonna be, I, you didn't know. And we were scared, many of us scared to come to church. But on that next Wednesday night, we jammed in that living room, wall to wall, standing room only, there might've been eight or 10,000 people, They came. And we stood up on that stage and Pastor Brady and dignitaries and the governor and people flying in from Washington, D.C. and all of the first responders, I mean, suits were in the building and, 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 and they're sitting on the front row and they, they not, not many of them come to church and they're in our church now on our very worst day of our lives. And the question is, what's going to happen in, in this moment? Are, are we going to all kind of, you know, pound it and say, it's been a great run, much love, it's a little dangerous to come to church and I, it's been a tough stretch here for, for 13 months and I, I think I'm good. We're, that was a real possibility. But on that Wednesday night, we stood in that room and up on that stage and Pastor Ross and Jared Anderson and John Egan and Glenn and, and Pastor Brady and so many others and we started singing We will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, everyone overcome. Savior worthy of honor and glory. Savior worthy of all our praise for you overcame. And Jesus awesome in power forever. Jesus awesome and great is your name for you overcame. And something in our church, I have never been in a room like that. A holy defiance rose up in the midst of a people of God. And yeah, you, we, we're burying people and there's blood on our campus and there's so much uncertainty and there's a global economic recession and we've lost, and, and who knows how we're gonna make it, but tonight we sang a song that for, at least for the next 24 hours, we're gonna carry a faith in our bones that we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And you could have torn the roof off of this place. It was so electric with the spirit of the living God. And here we stand 15 years Later, and I don't even know how we can say we made it, but somehow we made it, and it was a song that broke open the spirit realm. It was a song that got embedded in our souls. It was a song that was tucked away in our psyche. It was a song, and we had to come back the next week and sing it, and we had to come back the week after that and sing it, and, and here's why I want you to come to church every week. Some of you think, oh yeah, you're a pastor's job security, you would say you would. That's not why I want you to come to church. Some people go, oh yeah, you want us to read our Bibles every day and you want us to pray every day. You, no, I want you to get up in the morning and open your scriptures and, and pray in the presence of the Lord because if you don't, you won't overcome <laughs> I want you to come to the building every single week because at the end of the week, I, my tank is so empty and I need to see the Vargas's and I need to see the Newman's and I need to see the Tisthammer's and I need to see the Papes and I need to see the Palmers and I need to see the Isham's and, and at, something happens in this moment where we get this collective faith reinjected into our being and we start saying, I don't know how and I don't know when and I don't know all the details but we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony Let's go. It's a song. It's a song. It's a song. We will overcome. Something changed in our church that night. Did it all get better and restored overnight? No, it didn't. But I want you to see this phrase that the neuroscientist, the neurologist, said about Henry. So, in some sense, Henry is restored to himself. He has remembered who he is and he's reacquired his identity for a while through the power of music. When we get up and we read the Psalms and we say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want, we don't really feel it. But somehow later in the day we go, surely goodness and mercy is gonna follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And we say, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My hope comes from the Lord, and he's the maker of heaven and earth, and he will not let your foot slip, and he who watches over you will not slumber, and indeed the Lord who watches over Israel, he will neither slumber nor sleep, and the Lord is your keeper, and he is the shade at your right hand, and the sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night, and the Lord will keep you from all harm, the Lord will watch over your life, the Lord will watch over your coming, and your going both now now. And forevermore, we sing and we sing our ways back into a future. We sing our way back into faith and we collectively help each other rise back up and keep going. We remember who we are if only for a second. And so tonight, I'm gonna ask the band to come back out and we're gonna sing a little bit more. Before we receive communion, I want us to create this moment here where we can bring all of our story, all of our circumstances, all of our fears, all of our questions into the presence of the Lord and give them over to him tonight. And tonight, I have this sense, two two groups of people, two things that I sense the Spirit is going to do tonight. The Spirit wants to deliver many of us from despair. Like suffocating, life-altering despair like some of you don't wanna get out of bed in the morning kind of despair. Some of you have contemplated quitting on life, that kind of despair. Sure that the dark clouds will always hover over you and it's always gonna be this way and life is always gonna be conflicted and constrained and difficult, like despair, despair. I, I, I know in my bones that something is going to shift in the atmosphere tonight, similar to how it shifted that night in December 14 years ago, something's going to lift off of your life and despair is going to be reversed and rolled away. Can you say amen? amen? Second thing that I sense the Lord's gonna do tonight, he's gonna help us reclaim our childlike past. The spirit wants to help us reclaim our childlike past. Life stacks up on us. And I, I, I know when I just, i heaviness and the fear and the sarcasm and the cynicism and the chippiness and starting to live as if everyone is our opponent and tribalistic and circling the wagons. And and, and tonight, I just sense the Lord wants to re-child like us, to make us simple again, to make us get up in the morning and just be silly again, because God might just be good all over again. God wants to restore what has been lost through the difficult, accruing years of pain. God wants to remove the layers of incrustation that have gathered around our hearts. Solomon says, above all else, guard your heart. For out of it flow the issues of life. If you will guard your heart, if you'll submit your heart tonight to the Holy Spirit, And let him peel back the pain and the anger and the tribalism and the confusion, maybe the hatred, because of what someone legitimately did to mess your life up. If you'll guard your heart tonight, if you'll submit it to the Spirit, you'll find yourself, and here's what I see. I see with with the eyes of faith some of you laughing and being caught off guard that you're laughing. Have you ever been going so long that the heaviness is just the norm? I see you laughing and you're like an out-of-body experience. Like I'm actually laughing again. Like I'm actually joyful again. I'm actually hopeful about a future, there might be a horizon that the spirit is unfolding again. And I know that the spirit of God wants to do that. I know that he can do that. And I know it's our job to submit ourselves in his presence to say, come and make me childlike again tonight. So would you stand with me, church? And we're gonna sing a song, Great Are You, Lord. And we're gonna get to the bridge. And when we get to the bridge, we're gonna sing, All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones, these bones <laughs> will sing, Great are you, Lord. When we get to that moment, some of you might just want to shout. Like you're not gonna be singing, you're just gonna like and 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 see it as like a, an act of faith. Like I'm blowing the top off, I'm releasing this tonight, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get crazy again. I'm gonna be like Wakely Growthy this morning. Like, like all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you. Lord, tonight the Spirit is going to restore you. The Spirit is going to deliver you from despair. And the Spirit is going to read child like you. Let's sing, Great Are You, Lord. We're going to receive communion now, so if you have your communion elements, you can get those. If you don't have communion elements, can you quickly raise your hand? Our team will come to you. We're getting our song back tonight. We're getting our joy back tonight. Newness is breaking out tonight. Hope is rising tonight. New horizons of possibility are being cracked open in our imagination tonight. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and you can take that wafer. And Jesus is sitting with his people and they're about to descend into utter darkness. (laughs) It doesn't get worse than this. Hours before Jesus climbs Golgotha, he sits at the table with his friends and by the spirit of God, he's sitting at the table with you and me tonight. And he knows what story you're in. He knows what you have to carry. And Jesus is gonna go first. He's gonna climb the hill. He's gonna stretch out his arms. He's going to go first. And Jesus says, I'll make it so that you can come after me that you can live this life yourself, that you can take up your own cross and deny yourself and follow me. So I'm gonna go first, but I'm not leaving you on your own. This is my body, which is broken for you. Would you break that wafer there as an image of the life of faith? And Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember, remember I've got you. Remember I'm for you. Remember, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. Remember that I will feed you everything you need to live this life out. So saints tonight, this is the body of Christ broken for you. Strength come back into your being tonight. You may receive the bread. You can open that juice. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the cup of wine Again, I said this a few weeks ago, it startles me that on the darkest night of human history, Jesus has the ease of soul to sit down with his people and go, let's drink, settle in. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna make it. There's gonna be satisfaction that will surprise you along the journey. There's gonna be rest that will surprise you along the journey. There's gonna be some leisure that'll sneak up on you along the journey. You are going to make it. This cup is the new covenant given in my blood and it's given for the remission of all your sins. And as often as you do this, do this for the remembrance of me. Saints tonight, you are clean because of the blood of Jesus. You are forgiven. You are renewed. There is a future for you. If any person be in Christ, they are a new creation and the old is gone and the new has come. You may drink from the cup of Jesus tonight. And now let's sing it again tonight like we did so many years ago. We We will overcome.
1: So we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb And the word of our testimony Everyone overcome So we will overcome We will overcome by the blood This says, hallelujah,
0: hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you open your hands tonight as I pray the benediction, the blessing over you. I pray for childlike faith to surprise every single one of you. I pray for the joy of the Holy Spirit to be your strength. I pray all fear would be rebuked in Jesus name. The stranglehold of fear that has bound so many of you is broken tonight in Jesus name. Not because we're awesome, not because we're strong, but because Jesus paid for it on the cross. So I say be free of fear in Jesus name. Be free of confusion in Jesus name. So many of you wrestling with identity and who am I and what what is my life? In Jesus' name, I speak clarity to you. Clarity to your mind. Focus to your mind. Focus to the direction of your life. In Jesus' name, clarity. I pray for you business owners, that the Lord God would bless your businesses, that you would be so abundantly prosperous that you just have to keep giving it away to all the poor and the needy and the widows and the orphans. I pray that, Lord, you would break open the windows of heaven over this congregation and supply all of our needs. Take good care of your people. I pray for abundance and blessing and prosperity, not so that we can heap it on ourselves so that we can be the people of God, blessed to be a blessing. Lord, do it for your people. Lord, I pray for people who are stuck in family situations and relational networks that just are conflicted and broken. And in Jesus' name, I pray that you would turn the story. Turn the story toward healing. Turn the story toward wholeness. Turn the story toward toward composure. Turn the story toward restoration and peace in these homes. Lord, we speak peace in every home represented here tonight. And I pray, may the Lord our God bless you and keep you. And may he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his bright smiling countenance upon you and all of your people. And may he grant you peace tonight in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Can we thank God for what he's done here tonight? So good to be in the presence of the Lord with you. A couple things before you go. I want our prayer team to come down. If you need someone to pray with you, we would love to do that. Secondly, if you want to help us adopt these final five families for Friday night, go back to Guest Central, pick up that information, take care of business. Next Friday, Christmas Eve services, two, four, and six in the living room. Come join us. It'll be a spectacularly beautiful night. Go from here in God's grace and peace. Much love.